Welcome to the Hope Hotline. Thank you so much for joining in today. I so appreciate it. Happy Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. You know, I really, it's so crazy because I feel like the weeks, Tom and I were just talking about this, it, it, you literally can't keep up with the pace of time right now. It's like it's moving so dang fast. Like you blink and it's almost July which is crazy to me. It feels like it just turned February. But no, we're here in June. That's the reason. I'm wearing my 4th of July festival, festivities, festival shirt or whatever. Hey, is, is, am I, like, is everything normal? We're good. Okay, so Aaron's in the house. Aaron's not running the podcast. Click it on so everybody can see who's running the show today. I told you it would be Aaron, but then we changed it up to Heather. Looky here. Look who's in the hot seat. Scary. She turns it off very quickly. But you can hear her giggling, her and Logan giggling. And then Talia going, what is that? That is not a laugh. I don't know what that is. It's like um, something getting lodged in her throat or something. Before we go to uh, the first question, I want to address the situation. It's not a big situation. It's a minor situation, but it is a situation that we need to resolve. So what's happening here on the Hope Hotline, as well as the Tom Lipley podcast, is we have some people that are faithful watchers, which God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you very much for watching but what's happening is is um people are contacting and direct messaging people after the podcast or later on and it's more specifically males are contacting females please don't do that if we find out that's continuing we're gonna have to ban you and i don't want to do that but it's not a hookup session, people. Every, if, you, if you're a guy and you see that women are on, don't go and try and talk to them and or direct message them. It's creepy. It's weird. You might be the nicest kind of guys out there, but let me just tell you, it's creepy and it's weird. And girls don't like that. So please... We don't want to ban anybody, but please don't force our hand. So, um, do you guys have anything to add? We are missing Tracy, right? Tra hey, Heather, pop hey. on. <laughs> I'm going to. I don't like you. <laughs> hey, we miss Tracy, don't we? We do. No more vacations. Norma says no. She's bitter. That's the reason why she doesn't miss her. But um, so did she help you at all today, Heather, to get ready? Or did you do this all by yourself? I did Minus not. Aaron. Right. Aaron, the little no, she sent the verses over, but we did it all last week. So she helped me last week. I'm so proud of you. Like, Let's wait till the end for that. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, well, it's not like you've graduated high school or anything like that. Okay, I'm not proud of you as 
as far as that goes. But as I'm as a like I'm a proud mama right now. I don't like, like that I can't see you. Like that's not good. Why don't you want to see me? I don't like that I can't see you. Oh, you don't like oh yeah, because you're too short. You're like me. <laughs> that's a problem. People don't understand short people's problems. True. Yeah. But can that chair go up any higher? I'm gonna leave it right where it's at. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, but I'm a proud mama right now. You're doing good. Logan looks good as always. We got Taya over there. She's looking great. Yeah, she's looking good. Logan, what are you trying to ask? Norma, um, Tracy's not very happy with your response. Oh. Oh, they're texting. Oh. Oh, you can see it. Okay. You all have a very, very sweet and special miss you. <laughs> from Kristen. Chris, wait a minute. Was that to me? I thought yeah. that was to Norma. Okay, wait a minute. That what did Kristen say? She misses you. She misses Aww. us. I miss you too. Hey, listen. Actually, Kristen, I'm actually wearing your America uh, t-shirt that you bought me several years ago. I'm wearing that on Friday. I planned out my attire for the week. And Friday, um, I'm almost positive every Friday, I'm going to be casual. Casual Friday. I'm going to be comfy while I do the podcast. So on Friday, I plan on wearing Kristen's t-shirt that she got me many years ago. She went to where, where did she go to get, where did she go when she got me and Tom? She got Tom two t-shirts he absolutely loved until he destroyed them with chicken wing juice. And he was very upset about that. And then mine, where did she go? I don't remember. She might remember where she went. Yeah, if she t- if she tells you, Logan, tell me because it's going to probably drive me crazy. But she just started a new, jo- new job, which I was going to text you, Kristen. Sorry for the personal conversation for everybody that's on, but I was going to text you, Kristen, t- this morning and say, how's it going? But I figured you were actually working. And, I, and apparently you're not. You can actually do two things at one time. You can she actually come from uh, your old stomping grounds. D.C.? Yes. I, I knew it was like up north. I just, I wasn't confident. So I love you, girl, and miss you. Um, and all of our artwork came back. Heather hates hers, but I actually liked mine. So that was a fun day. Kristen's is on my counter. Kristen, yours, oh, you can hear Heather. All right, so let's, let's, let's move to the questions because that's really what everybody cares about instead of me talking, but I'm so happy to hear from you, my friend. Um, so first question, every relationship I have or have ever been in from friendship to romantic, I tend to become very jealous because of that. These relationships always end. What can I do? I don't even know where to start. I'm going to tell you this. I have had friends. It's the weirdest thing. Like when I was in, um, high school, no, this in high school, this happened to me. At least twice. Um, where you have a friend who only wants you to be friends with them and nobody else. But then I ended up getting some really great friends uh, at the end of high school. Like I, um, which my friend Carolyn, so sweet. My, one of my high school friends, Carolyn, she uh, was like my best friend for a couple years, um, and we did everything together. Then my girlfriend, Chris, she uh, she's normal. 
and my friend Susie, she was normal. So I had really three really great friends that were super close to me. But I had some other ones. Oh, I was going to say Carolyn. Uh, she ended up like messaging me. She watches the podcast. How cool is that to have a high school friend watch the podcast? I love her for that. But um, I had, I, I've had this happen like where, not with guys. I didn't really have any guys that acted weird and super jealous because I really only dated two people, like seriously dated two people, Tom and another guy, which I've already told you about. He, he, he well, he might have been jealous, but I don't know why because he was out with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, not Tom, Dick, and Harry because he wasn't <laughs> gay. He was out with every Jane and, I don't know. Mary. Uh, Jane and Mary. <laughs> not Mary Jane. <laughs> I got a crick in my neck. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I literally am praying through a crick in my neck right now. It hurts so bad. I've resorted to, I've never been gay, but I'm using been gay. So, um, I've never dealt with this with guys, but with friends that were girls, like they didn't want you to be friends with anybody else. Super jealous. It's super weird and uncomfortable. Have you girls ever dealt with that? Yeah, yeah. Someone, Logan. Someone. <laughs> you didn't see Logan's face, but that was pretty dang funny. Eyes were big as stars. Was it got a guy, Logan, or was it a girl? It's my best friend to this day. So a girl? So jealous. Yes. If you're friends with anybody else, I, she. I mean, we. I moved states and states away, so she understands now. But before. You couldn't have oh, any friends. Ma'am. She did not like it. <laughs> That's so weird. How about you, Heather? Is it guys or girls or nobody? I don't really have that problem. Nobody wants to be jealous over you? Or they just don't tell me. Or uh, I tell them to go fly a kite. <laughs> tell them to go. <laughs> Listen, I had that personality too. I dumped them like a hotcake, but... Believe it or not, somebody, a couple people felt like that about me, which is kind of shocking because literally, like, why would you really want to be best friends with this and be jealous if I was with somebody else? Like, most people are like, take her. It's your turn. Take her. <laughs> it's really okay. I've had enough of her. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, it's just weird. But there's a, there is a root that causes you to be like this. And hey, listen, whoever wrote this question, you're pro I, I'm just telling you, you're not the only one. There's lots of people out there that are like you, but spiritually speaking, you got to fix it because it's um, neediness, people who are desperate. Um, what's another word? High maintenance. In, well, yeah, insecure, but high maintenance is is one of them. But you can be high maintenance and not needy as far as wanting. you. What, well, no, that's not true. You're right, because usually high maintenance people have to have whomever like their significant other is to like totally be theirs. Like they have to have that attention. Like I'm thinking of someone in my head right now who's so high maintenance that if their spouse isn't at their every becking call, there is hell to pay. Right. I agree. Oh, dear Lord. I could, I'm like, what in the world were you thinking marrying somebody like that? And you know, needy people usually hang out with each other. It's so unattractive. It's so unattractive. You, if you want to get a really great guy, don't be needy. Because usually guys, 
who want somebody to be needy with them is usually people that nobody else wants. I agree completely. Yeah. So they make them feel like, oh, I'm important. When in all actuality, nobody else would treat them like that. That's that's the reason why they're with you. It's super unattractive. Heather, are you laughing? I am laughing. That's (laughs) accurate. Very accurate. Because you're thinking of somebody, aren't you? I am. (laughs) I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah. Oh, it's probably the same people I'm thinking of. Probably. Uh Uh-huh. It's pretty pathetic. Neediness is not attractive. So if you really want a quality person, if you're a girl and you want a quality man, don't be needy because you're not going to get them. Nobody that's true quality that really is to what you want is going to want you. That's the facts. Men love, men love women who are strong, self-sufficient, and very like assured of themselves. A quality man does. Like I, most of the men, I don't know of any man that I can think of right now that I would consider if I was single and would go on a date with them, not one of them would ever go for a needy girl. I mean, they're like, they, they're top quality guys. Not that it would, you would repel, not you specifically, but a needy girl would repel them two seconds flat. And men, I mean, women, I mean, I could not stand to have a man that was needy. I think men that are needy, which I don't meet very many men that are needy. Because do you do? You're thinking of somebody? No, but I have someone in my mind. Yeah. But it's not the most common. Women are more like that than men, correct? Correct. Because that's what I think. Um, but men that are needy, I think, are so weak and spineless. And that is super unattractive because I like a man's man. I mean, listen, I'm married to somebody who cries, somebody who's more sensitive than me and very feely, right? But at the end of the day, he's a man's man. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, he ain't gonna, like, he knows what he likes, he knows what he doesn't like, and he ain't afraid to say it, and if that, you don't like it, well, he'll try and be as nice as he possibly can, but so be it, because that's just the way it is. But needy men, vomitosis aliosis, yuck a So Talia and Norma, you're not allowed to marry anybody who's needy. Norma says she's not getting married. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <clears throat> Everyone in this room says you are. So that's okay. So let's, so let's, I know you're happy, but that's not always going to be the case. Let's look at scripture. Proverbs 14.30, and this is the New Living Translation. So normally I always go for, um, I usually stick with the, Um, New King James Version, but the New Living Translation. And you know what? I actually left this out on Good Study Bibles, but if you want a really good Bible that you can understand to read, it's better than the NIV, in my opinion. I should have said this, but the New Living Translation, far superior to the NIV, and it is so good, so good, so good. So toss out the NIV and go straight to the uh, New Living Translation. But even that, you got to be careful because because from what I understand, they went woke too. So, <clears throat> so Proverbs fourteen thirty in the New Living Translation says, "A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body." So how you live 
if you're stressed out, if you're full of like angst, if you're angry all the time, things like that, it has a lot to do with the healthiness of your physical body. So a merry heart is good medicine is what the word says, right? So talk, there's different scriptures about laughter and joy that it's good for you physically. Anything that's opposite of those things, if, if, if which would be joy, which is what's opposite of joy, anger, that's not healthy for your body. Stress is definitely not healthy for your body. So um, sickness and disease comes through those things and they're opposite of the word of God. So a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. So if you're a jealous person, it goes as deep as into your bones, which we all know the toughness of a bone, right? So nothing, nothing good comes from jealousy. Not one thing. It, it, it's, you can say, well, I can't help it. Bull crap. You absolutely can help being jealous. You can be, it's, it's a matter of being a spiritually minded individual versus being a carnally minded individual. And there are ways to solve those things, which we'll go into uh, to a greater extent. But you absolutely can help being jealous. In fact, it is one of the sins that will make it so you don't go to heaven. And we're going to get deeper into that. But if it can affect your health, you might think about getting rid of it. It's not good for you. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh. Remember, your flesh is your carnal nature. Carnal means meat. We are, that's what we are. You are carnally minded, which is like one of my favorite teachers calls, says you're a meathead. Okay, let's not be meatheads. But now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, which I would love to talk about this to greater extent, but people who love to be divisive, people who love to debate all the time, you might want to examine the scripture and make sure that your heart's in the right place because there's a lot of people who love to be divisive under the guise of, I'm just debating. I just want to talk about this. I just want to do, um, I want to play devil's advocate. Be very careful that your heart's not divisive because you won't like the outcome. Heresies. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So jealousy, is it worth not going to heaven? Being a divisive individual under the guise of debating or whatever it is, is that worth the kingdom of heaven, you know, people never, they think, well, I'm not cheating anybody. I'm not stealing. I'm not out committing murder. I'm heaven bound. No, you need to read the whole Bible. You need to read all the scriptures in the Bible. You are not. It's if you live like this, if you love to 
be a person. Like, have you ever had a family member who just loves to stir things up all the time? That's what they live for. They love stirring something up. I mean, I used to have, we used to have family gatherings where that's, people would love to be divisive. And, and, and so what it would be under the guise of let's debate about this. No, we're not debating about it because what you want to do is stir up the room, get everybody against one another. And the church is full of it too. People like be very weary of people who want to be divisive in the body of Christ. I mean, watch out for them because God's got his own thing for that. But People and but if you have a family member that likes to do that or friends, there there's always a friend, there's always one, you know, that loves to keep things going because they love drama. Be very careful of those people. It's one thing to struggle with something; it's another thing that that's just what you love, and you have rationalized it for whatever reason, like jealousy. People rationalize jealousy. Um. Because maybe they've been cheated on, so they have trust issues, so they feel justified in being jealous or whatever. No, nope. If you've decided to stay with this person, then you work out the trust issues, but you leave the jealousy part out because there's no justifying it if you're living like this, okay? You cannot do it. When you're jealous, there is a spiritual issue and there is a root of insecurity that you have got to get rid of. Insecurity is um, very damaging. It'll ruin every relationship that you walk into. And it's horrible for you. Insecurity makes you feel very inferior to others. And there's no reason that you should feel like that in any way, shape, or form about anyone. We are to, the Bible is very clear. We're not to Um, compare ourselves among ourselves. Because when we do those things, two things happen. One is we'll look at ourselves and we'll go, I'm way better than that guy. Or we'll look at somebody and we'll go, I'll never measure up. That's not, that's why that scripture is in there. Because God's no respecter of persons. And plus, how do you know you'll never measure up? You might be more superior, but because you walk around with this inferiority complex or this insecurity, low self-esteem is another big one. Um, As long as you walk around like that, then you will be very um, incomplete for anyone in your life. That's where where, um, jealousy can oftentimes creep in because you don't have a self-assuredness and you feel like you again you'll never measure up it's not true not true at all you have to root out insecurity so um what happens with this is I did a little bit of study on this which was very interesting what happens is a lot of times people who are um jealous they tend to be obsessive and they depend they tend it it tends to lead to being anxious. So if you are a jealous person, you open the door for being obsessive and jealous. Not good. So let's give you an example. And I thought of a, I thought of one specifically. And this is how you, this is where obsessive, you are like, no, it won't cause obsessiveness. It does cause obsessiveness because let's think about this. 
say um, you're supposed to go out. Well, lots of people live together, so we're going to do it this way. Say you live with your boyfriend, and he was supposed to be at home by a certain time, or your husband. He was supposed to be home by a certain time, and he's not home at that time. And all of a sudden, your mind starts obsessing. Where is he at? What's going on? You don't think of a car wreck or a bad accident. What you think of is he stayed late from work because he's probably got a girlfriend there that he's probably talking to. And Lord knows what else they might be doing. Um, and then when you obsess over something, you become anxious. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Because I'm just telling you, I've been there. Like, but in all actuality, I really wasn't jealous. I was cheated on. So what happened is, is your trust is gone. So now you, everything, you start anywhere and everything that that person goes and does, you automatically start saying, where's he at? What's he doing? Who could he be with? What's going on? You start, you're, you're all anxious inside. And so much when you start becoming anxious, you don't eat. Some people overeat. I mean, there's just such a variety of things that happen and occur all because of trust and jealousy and things like that. Um, then you believe, the, you begin to believe the worst in people. So when you lose trust, and again, this is true, you become jealous then you, because you have no trust because of oftentimes your own insecurities. Now it doesn't just go into one person, it flows into other people. You don't trust anybody. You'll never like let your hair down, you'll never like, it, it, it is a bad scene. Again, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it is exactly what happens. You're either going to put up a guard that says, or a wall I should say, that says, I will never let anybody in, or you're going to let the other side of it be, or I'll let people in, but I'm going to hang on tight to them so I can make sure nothing ever happens, which is, it's not good. You have to learn to be free. You have to be able to just say, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. If I'm not enough, then that's okay. There will be other people and other um, other people, not one person, there will be other people in my life who will think that I will. And ultimately, a man or a woman in my life, who you know, if you're a male, it'll be a woman. And if you're a, ma- a woman, it'll be a male who will say, you're more than enough. You're who I choose for the rest of my life. And then you have to like be okay with knowing that you are enough and nothing will ever happen with that relationship. Then I think, though, people may get overflow into their all of their relationships, not just their spouse or whoever they're with. Wait a minute. Put yourself on camera because what are you saying? I'm saying like when people are like that, then they it's not just their spouse that they're like that with. Oh, yeah. They do that with every single person. And then they get defensive over things that they're making up themselves in their own minds. Become very paranoid. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of somebody right now like that has been um has been cheated on multiple times and like this this person literally is either hanging on tight to to everyone and anyone that comes into their life or they're dropping them like a potato like like you're like as soon as they're as soon as they think one bad thing or they think one thing has happened that probably hasn't 
they drop you. Right. And like, and have nothing to do with you. Won't even look at you. Won't even contact you. Or like, you no longer exist. They went from you being the best thing since sliced bread to like, like they're complete they, strangers and don't like even know you're who invisible. You are. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know what it stems from? It stems from being insecure. a person insecure mm-hmm. and being jealous because of, or maybe not even jealous, but probably jealous because yeah. they've been cheated on so many times. Yeah. Maybe not now anymore, but they they were. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It it, it will ruin you. Jealousy is not good. It is not healthy. It will make you sick. Uh, Either nauseous sick, (laughs) where you can't eat, or like some people when they're stressed out, they just eat a lot. Like I don't have that problem. If I get stressed out, which I hardly, listen, I love to eat, but... I don't, when I get stressed out, which is, hasn't happened in a really long time, obviously, because I wouldn't have to be on a diet if that was the case. But when I, when I have been stressed out, eating's not my thing. I like, I go opposite. I stop eating. Nothing sounds good. I don't want to eat at all. And that's probably, I can't even remember the last time I was stressed like that. Probably in 2000, when did the, when did the market collapse? 2006? Eight. 2008? That's probably the last time. I was stressed. Food doesn't affect me. I eat it always. Even if you're stressed? Yeah. Do you eat more if you're stressed? Because, see, that's what people do. No. Logan, you just eat all the time right now because you're pregnant. Absolutely. But when you're stressed, do you eat or do you not eat? Depends on the situation. I know it sounds silly, but it just depends. And I'm a new stressor, so I haven't had to navigate anything, like, terrible that I haven't, that has bothered me to that point. But before, it would have been alcohol. Oh, so you just would drink. Absolutely. For stress. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is true. A lot of people do drink. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's true. So it could be that you're drinking. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified, I sanctified you. Do you know who you are? Do you know your value? Do you understand how important you are? If you understood that, you wouldn't be jealous. You'd be so confident in who you are. Not confident, cocky, like your poop don't stink. I mean, you would be confident in knowing that who you are in Christ and like the value that you hold and that, and I'm not trying to be a smarty pants here and I'm not trying to say that I'm so great. I'm not saying this at all. But one thing I will tell you is, Love me or leave me, I don't care. I don't care. It will not break my heart if people say, I just don't want to be friends with you anymore. I will tell you, if if Tom ended up saying to me, this relationship is over, I don't love you anymore, yeah, that that would crush me. But momentarily, and I would move on. Because... The one great thing that I have spent time in doing is finding out who I am in Christ. And ultimately, as long as God is present and he is number one, I don't care. That relationship cannot be touched. I cannot, I cannot function without a relationship with God. If I did not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't think that, I don't know if I could go a day. So 
for me, knowing that that's always present, that's always there, people can come and go. And it's not that I don't love them, and it's not that I don't care about people, because I absolutely do. But they don't move me. They don't have that power and effect over me. And I'm just telling you, the reason that is, is because I have taken the time and the effort to figure out and find out who Jesus says that I am to him. And when you do that, you're not, no one can move you. No one can have a power over you that they should never have. One of the great things that the Lord taught me a long time ago is never, ever allow someone to have authority over you, over your feelings, over who you are. Don't give them that authority over you. And I don't. I remember when I was, I used to care so much about if people got saved or like if, if they were out sinning and I was so concerned about their salvations and whether or not they would go to heaven. And it would literally make me sick to my stomach. I, like, I remember a, a very close um, friend, um, some friends that Tom and I had for 20 plus years. Heather knows them, so it'll probably, she'll be like, I know who you're talking about. But um, we had a relationship with this, my husband and I had a relationship with this couple, very, very close with them. And uh, we went our separate ways, and they went off, spiritually speaking, down a very bad path, very permissive. It's, it, it's, it is very, very bad. And I knew in my spirit, the Holy Spirit told me, this is heaven and hell for them. And uh, if they stick this with this path, this will be heaven and hell for them. I literally did not eat for weeks. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I lost a huge amount of weight. And it wasn't the loss of the friendship. It was the eternal decision that they were making that made me so distraught. And I, and the Lord basically said to me, listen, I love them more than you love them. And if I don't treat them like that, you cannot, if you you cannot care about someone's salvation more than they care about it themselves. And I really thought about that. And I'm like, that's so true. I care more about whether they go to heaven and hell than they care about whether they go to heaven and hell. How can that be? I cannot carry that load. I can't, I have no power of their will. So like that eliminates everything like free will. That's what God gave each and every single one of us choice free will. And thank God that he did. Right. But at the same time, when the, when they don't choose the right way, it's bad. I mean, it's literally heart wrenching and, 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 and it shakes you to the core. But in that, when God said, listen, you can't care for someone, can't care about someone's salvation more than they care for themselves. It never, it was like a bell rang, it went off in my head. I'm like, that's so true. I can't. You can't carry a load for somebody, but you have to know your worth. And from that moment on, it freed me completely. Whatever people do is up to them. They choose it. And, and then I just have to live with the decision. But I'm okay with that because as long as it's the number one stays the number one, God will get me through anything. It's okay. I don't have to like it. I just have to rest in him through the whole entire process. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, 
whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And when I lost my dad <clears throat> in, um, let's see, <clears throat> 2016, just before I lost my dad, God gave me that scripture. And, he, and I just memorized it, and I kept saying it, and I kept saying it, and I kept saying it. And I didn't realize why at the time until I lost my dad because that, you know, that's a, a, a huge thing. But I will tell you, the more I kept my mind and I stayed on my, or my thoughts were on uh, Christ, the scripture is true. As long as you keep your heart and your mind on Jesus, a man will be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. You, if you're jealous, and if you have a very difficult time being secure within yourself, the first step is to learn who you are in him. And then the next thing is, is to keep your mind constantly on the Lord. If you keep your mind constantly on the Lord, everything else, a man will be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. You will be in perfect peace because he will be number one. You will be constantly thinking on him. Everything will revolve around him. And as long as everything revolves around him, that's peace and comfort. So you may say, well, that's easier said than done. No, it's not easier said than done. I've done it. It works. It takes effort. But it works. It's, it's just not as sexy and entertaining as every other answer that somebody could give you. Like, you know, just if, if, if it took TikTok and just scrolling, people would be like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. But you don't get to scroll and you don't get to watch or you don't get to you look at Instagram or TikTok or whatever and, and be totally entertained like that. You might have to dig into the Bible, start reading it, put a little effort into it, but it'll get you far, far beyond anything that you can watch on your phone, the TV, the computer, or whatever else. Are you going to say something, Heather? No, I was yawning. Oh, you were yawning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, see, I can see them. You guys can't see them. So I saw her, and it looked like you moved forward, like you were going to say something instead. She's sleepy girl over there. Somebody needs to get her a Red Bull. A, a sugar, full of sugar. Yeah, she needs one. Hey, Paigey, Nausikins, can you go get her a full sugar Red Bull? She'll love you for it. <laughs> Red Bull's around the house. And don't nobody write in and say they're terrible and you shouldn't drink them and all this other stuff, okay? We don't care. We're not listening to you. And it doesn't matter. Again, like I said, I'm self-sufficient. For Tracy, you be you. Huh? I said for Tracy, you be you. There you go. I hate you all. Listen, I'm not the one that needs a Red Bull, and I really don't care what people think. Like, I'm going to drink a Red Bull if I want to drink a Red Bull. Everybody has their vices. You know, it's so funny. It, this is what I love. During COVID, people would scream it and yell at you if you didn't wear a mask, but then they'd go and puff on their cigarette. <laughs> Like, I have no words. That's smart. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So people will tell me not to drink a Red Bull. I'll drink one of the little small ones, and then they'll drink about three or four. They'll drink a pot of coffee. 
Whatever. No lecturing. I don't want to hear it. Okay, next question. While well, we're waiting for Norma to bring everybody a Red Bull in the place, except for, except for you, Logan. Yes, I won't be partaking. You won't be partaking. Oh, we already have haters. Oh, I don't care. Leave your hate at the door. I mean, don't even comment. Or we'll ban you. Or <laughs> <laughs> Literally, kid you not, don't even leave a comment. I'm not going to read them, and I don't really care. I love you, but I don't care. My life is super stressful. Whose isn't, girl or boy? I don't know who wrote this, but whose isn't? Between my job, which is high stress, I am a parent and am concerned with every uh, and concerned with them, for them. I guess their her kids or his kids. I'm concerned, and I am a parent, and I am that's probably what I said. I'm concerned for them with everything going on in and around the world. I know what the Bible says that we shouldn't be anxious, but I'm finding it hard not to be. Like anxiousness is really not good. Anxiousness is really not good. But you know what? It's becoming more and more common with um, what's going on in the world. Did you hear the cans popping? <laughs> They're sucking them down. For all you haters out there, they were all like, Um, so I'm, I don't mean to mock you, but I, but I am <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Sarah's she, um, is Sarah the one that Sarah, Sarah's like, Oh no, not Red Bull. And I said, this is your ban warning. And she said, ban me, go ahead, try it, do it. Like she's, she oh, said, Sarah. I dare you. <laughs> oh, I, I like, I want to sing Sarah's song, I sing to Sarah, like, that song, Oh, Sherry. Oh, Sarah. But I'm not in love. <laughs> she did Sarah. ask if she challenged you for 30 days. No. Okay. Not interested. It's not, I'm not interested. God, I love you. I mean, listen. I mean, I don't have to drink one every day. Like, I don't. But. Are you sure? No, I don't have to drink one every day. I, I miss it. I, I mean, I do miss them. I actually am more hooked on this uh, all-natural drink that Tommy told me about, like I am really hooked on that more than I am Red Bull. I, I could, I've gone days without Red Bull, but I love them. I mean, to, to sit here and tell you I don't love Red Bull, ugh, you're crazy. I absolutely love it, 100%. But I, I can't remember the name of this all-natural drink, but seriously, what is it, Norma? I don't know what it is, but oh, my gosh, it's so... I don't like Celsius. Celsius is terrible. I tried it. I don't like it. I tr I, I thought I did. I don't. Okay. Alani, but this other Alani stuff. Is Alani is what you like. Alani. Alani. It's so good. The purple one. God bless it. It's so yummy. It's so good. I could drink. I could drink. I don't. But I could drink about two of those a day. I don't, though. Um, so I drink more water than I drink anything else. FYI, I don't even drink soda, really. I don't even drink soda, but I do drink an energy drink and a cup of coffee. Okay, and not even a cup of coffee every day. Enough about me. Let's go back to the question. Okay, so you're anxious or you're stressful or you're stressed. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now, the world 
You are not alone. The world is made people so anxious. A lot of people with kids, there are people that don't have kids and they are saying, saying, thank God I don't have kids right now because they're so stressed out over what they see going on in the world. Then there's people that don't know anything that's going on in the world. Their heads are in the sand, whatever. Then you got people who are just spiritually minded and they're like, I don't have to worry about anything. And you don't. See, it's either you're a Christian and you're stressed out because you don't know the word, and so you're anxious about it. That's a lot of people. But you got to understand the promises of God. Then there's people who just don't know anything that's going on in the world, and they prefer it that way. That's stupid, okay? I'm going to be honest with you. That's not smart because we're to resist the devil, okay? You ha- you, how do you resist that which you do not know to resist? You have to be the restraining. So if you don't know that you're to restrain, then you're not doing it. And we need you to be a part of what's going on versus somebody who's just living la, la, la. I mean, that's not smart. Thank God our forefathers didn't do that because there was only, it was only, uh, it's either 3 or 13%, I think it was 3% of uh, when our country became free, it was because of 3, it's 3% of pastors and people like that that noticed what was going on and they restrained and we are the country we are today country we are today because of them it only takes a small few but let's wake up this country is 8 billion people right like we need to be waking up we need people to start standing up but not be afraid and scared and anxious about it and stressed out god's got us so you need to be the, like the other people who are like I ain't worrying. I'm going to have babies. I'm going to live life. I'm going to be excited about what's going on. God's got a hope and a future for me. I don't have to worry about all that stuff no matter what comes my way. God's got it. Because if you know the word, what I just said to you is actually the case. Let's go. But I will tell you this. This is is a staggering statistic. I, I did not know. Approximately one quarter of patients who go into the emergency room for treatment of chest pain have panic disorder. I believe it. Yeah, it's not a heart attack. They go in thinking they are having a heart attack. They're having a panic attack. They're so anxious that they're like hearts beating out of their chest. Sometimes their arms are aching and stuff like that. That's because they're having a panic. They're not, they're not young people. Like it's, they, that's what they go in for. Um, Psalm 34, 17 through 19. I love Psalm 34. If you don't know this, that's that Psalm. It's so good. Um, at this particular time, when David wrote the psalm, David was being chased by a king, and I believe it was Achish, Achish if I remember right. Um, and in order not to be captured and in order not to be taken, he had to pretend like he was insane. He had to be act like he was he, he faked insanity. He acted like a nutbag. But in this, this is what he writes. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's a promise. And that's actually... David could say that because every time something was about to happen to David, God came in 
and rescued him. You could say, well, that's David. I'm not David. You're right. He had an inferior covenant. Okay, you got a far better one. So, yeah, you're lucky. You don't have to be David because you got better than what David had. Okay, so if God would protect David like that, he will take care of you. You have a far superior covenant. But it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You have a promise that no matter what comes your way, God will deliver you from it. Now, a lot of people, Psalm 91 is lots of people's favorites. Some people don't even know about it. It's personally one of my favorites. Um, And I want you, I'm going to read you Psalm 91. Um... Because you need to put this psalm everywhere throughout your house. If you are a stressed out person, if you are anxious uh, um, for whatever reason, maybe it is because of the world. Maybe it's because of your job. I mean, some people's jobs were making them take the jab. And, and, and I mean, if maybe you took the jab and you're stressed out. There's healing in all of that. Come to Foundation Church. My husband will lay hands on you. We can pray over that too. But there's a lot of things that cause people to be stressed out and worried and fearful. But you just need to be rest assured in knowing what the Word says and its promises for you. And I'm just giving you like what the Old Testament says. You need to look at what the New Testament says. But let's look at it. The title of Psalm 91 is Safety of Abiding in the Presence of God. Okay. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look. And see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. This is, and you can say, listen, you don't understand. I've gone through so much. But did you ever stand on the promises when you went through so much? Or did you just hope and pray that you just got through? Because there are promises that you must stand on, and then you watch them come to pass. Let's finish it. And this is where it gets good. That was great before. But this is where it gets even better. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. And this is what God is saying. I will set him on high because he has known my name. If you look at this, which I'm looking at what we have up here, when you see a capital letter, 
like he shall call upon me. Me is capitalized because that's the Lord Jesus. That is God. Okay? Anytime you see a capital letter, that is capitalized because of the reverence of who the Lord is. So always know it's because of the name. It is the pronoun. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yes. It's very so, important. Significant. Yeah. It's very, grammar is very important. Always. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. If you know Jesus, if you know the Lord, if you know God, however you want to call him, this is for you. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is your promise. Now, whether or not you want to accept it and you want to say that's for me, that's up to you. But you have a promise from the Lord. And if I were you and if I was full of anxiety, stress, and fear, one of the things that I would do is I would take Psalm 91 and I would put it everywhere, my refrigerator, my mirror in my, my uh, bathroom, um, my mirror in my bedroom, wherever you're at, wherever you're at, I would put it there to remind yourself in the moment on your desk, to remind yourself in the moment of whatever your anxious, stressful thought processes are at that moment. Stop being stressed. Stop being anxiety-ridden. Stop. Pull that out, start reading it, and reminding you who, remind yourself who you are in Christ and the promise that is uh, for you. You don't have to be. His promise is true. Um, and Jesus even referenced Psalm 91 in Luke 10:19. It says, "Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you." That's what Jesus said. So that's a promise that he used from Psalm 91, and he, he put it right back into the New Testament for us to have as well, along with many other things that you can stand on in the New Testament. You need to open your word, and you start, start finding out like all the promises that are provided for you, from healing to, to provision to safety to sanity. I mean, people are driving themselves crazy with being fearful, and full of worry. If you look at um, if you look at like the Jewish blessing, uh, one of the Jewish blessings, it's in Numbers. What a lot of times the priest would do a blessing over the people, and one of the things uh, there's a word in there that is very common, and it's the word keep. Okay, and if you look at that blessing, um, a lot of times. They would say, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. In number 624, that's exa it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. That's what it says in number 624. So uh, I looked this up, and in the Hebrew word for keep is shamar. And it literally means to hedge in, guard, and protect. So you could say this when you pray, the Lord bless me and keep me, meaning the Lord to guard me and protect me. Okay, 
Um, that's what God does for us. In Matthew 6, 31 through 34, again, take this scripture, write it down. Super important. Therefore, do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. Do not, therefore, do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows what you need all these and all these things. I had to break this up to make it super small. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day is its own sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um so what I would say to you, are you seeking the kingdom first? That's the problem. A lot of times people are stressed out and fearful and worried because the, they're not seeking God first at all. They seek so many other things. God is just a filler. If they have a little bit of time, then they may pray. If they have a little bit of time, they may open up that devotional, not the Bible. They may open up that devotional and see what today's devotion is. Nobody is putting the kingdom first. That's the reason why they're full of anxiety and fear and worry and concern about what tomorrow will bring for them as far as like, what if we have, uh, what if there is a financial collapse? What if I can't pay for my house? What if my car gets taken? What if I can't buy groceries for my family? What if all the toilet paper and the, and the paper towels get taken over again? What am I going to do? How are we going to ever wipe? I mean, seriously, people are crazy. I would say to you, what are you watching? What do you fill your day with? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you spending your time on? That will determine whether or not you're going to stay full of anxiety and fear. If you are not uh, watching uh, things that are spiritually minded, like, again, I watch a lot of teachings. There's lots of Christian TV out there. Some of it's, like, really cheesy and really bad. I agree. But then there's a lot of really good stuff out there, too. What are you reading? Are you reading the next pornographic romance novel? Women, that's what women do. Women love those romance novels. Listen, it is almost, there's almost no difference than, I mean, some of it is borderline, if not pornographic. It's, you're like so frustrated that your husband watches porn, but you yourself are reading it, okay? It's, it's very dangerous, very dangerous. What are you spending your time reading? If it ain't the word, and more, and here, here's what I will say. Lots of people read lots of books about the Bible, but they don't read the Bible, Put the frickin' book down. Open up the real thing. You don't need somebody to explain it to you. The Bible says even in that, no one needs to explain this to you. You can read it. It's simple. So you can just open that Bible up and start reading it for yourself. Don't use the excuse, I don't understand it or I'm intimidated by it. That's all an excuse. It's a bunch of hooey. Like, there are people that I know that... We're told that they would never speak, never walk, nothing. And they read the Bible, they have it memorized, and they can do it. So if there's people out there and you're a full-functioning human being with no issues whatsoever, I don't want to hear it. You absolutely can open that Bible up and understand it without any issue. It's you're lazy. You don't want to do it. That's the truth. It's like I used to say, I don't have time to work out. It's amazing. Every day now. I work out for 45 minutes. I take 
me, Heather, and Norma almost every day. Heather's uh, off for thir- two, but there's reasons for that. So every day. Not because I'm lazy. No, no, not, no, not at all. Um, every day, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. So 40 minutes. I have found 40 minutes to drive and then 45 minutes to work out. Guess what? That was an excuse. I think even reading for reading, I'll put me on because I know you're going to ask for reading that if they're just reading what someone else has written, they're not going to experience what the Holy Spirit specifically has for them. If they're reading other books and they're not absolutely reading the Bible themselves. So absolutely. That's exactly it. They it's way easier to let somebody else think for them. The problem is, is there's so many bad teachers out there right now. You'll be taught wrong. It's scary. Psalm 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalms are, I love Psalms though. I'm a huge Psalms person. I just got out of them. They're so good. People want to wave a wand and then whoo, magically have it happen. That ain't the way it works. They want to say a prayer and like blink, done. Sorry, that ain't the way it works. God ain't genie in a bottle. I dream of genie. You can tell what I you can tell what I grew up on. It doesn't work like that. You you want people want to do absolutely nothing spiritually but get the spiritual results. It don't work like that. It's it's like we live in such a microwave world that if it don't happen like that, then I give up. It doesn't work. How many years did it take? How many years did you worry? How many years did you live in fear? And how many years did you uh, walk in anxiety? Okay, I'm not saying that you can't be delivered overnight. I'm not saying that. But spiritually speaking, if you've put nothing in, the odds of it happening overnight is not going to happen. It's a renewal of the mind. What you put in and how much you put in is how much you get out. A lot of people want just a teeny tiny bit of effort but at a monumental return. I mean, how many of us, if we were business owners, would pay somebody for a full day's wage when they only worked about 15 to 20 minutes? But they expect a full day's wage. That's basically what we're saying to God. God, we're only going to give you about 15, 30 minutes of our day, tops. But we want all of the blessings that would come if we actually put in a, a about an hour, two hours, and then throughout the day prayed without ceasing. Nobody wants to do that. They don't think it's, it's uh, fun. They don't think that it's um, interesting. And more, more importantly, more entertaining. The thing is, is who cares? You got a problem. You need to fix it. Or it's going to take you down. Don't care about if it's entertaining. Get to business. Fasting is the key. When you are a person of um, anxiety and, and worry and fear, that's your carnal nature just rising up. You got to root that out. If you planted it, you got to start digging and get that root out because you're the one that planted it. Roots run deep. And sometimes you have to dig pretty dang far to get them up and out. God is faithful. He will help you. But guess what? It starts with you. It depends on you. Even when people are healed, what did Jesus say? Do you believe or do you have faith? Because it all depends on you. Nobody, it's like free will. God's not forcing 
healing on you. He's not forcing salvation on you. You have to want it. If you want it, then it's up to you. And how fast everything happens depends on you. You say, where do I start? You start with prayer. You start with Bible study. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So you start digging in. You spend time in prayer and Bible study. Commit your works to the Lord. Those are works. And your thoughts will be established. Then things will change for you. It's very, very clear. Fellowship. Iron sharpens iron. Get, we have here at this church, we have some phenomenal hubs. We have some phenomenal Bible studies that don't even, that aren't even under the guise of this church. I think of Heather's Bible study. Heather and Logan go to it. Sarah, who was just busting our chops on about Red Bull and stuff. There's a group of, their group is pretty big, and that's on Tuesday mornings. Um, my hairdresser, Jolene, she has her own Bible study. Uh, Kim Abbott, she has her own Bible study. Like, then we have our own ones here. There's lots of ways that if you wanted to get in, iron sharpens iron. If you want people to stand with you, if you want people to, to be able to say, hey, have you looked at this? Have you done this? Or why don't we do this together? Okay, fellowship is huge. And it can help you huge. Worship. I mean, you got to praise and thank him for the work that you're standing and believing he's done and is going to do. It's already a finished work. Now you thank him because you're going to see it come to pass. Super important, super important to uh, prophetically speak thanks over the situation because it is a finished work. You're just working to see it, to get there. But you'll see it maybe fast or you may see it a little bit at a time, but... It's something. Um, I'm going to tell you this is super important. Do you have the gift of tongues? If you don't have tongues, you're crazy. You are crazy. Because I'm going to tell you, when you don't even know what to say, the Holy Spirit, it is very clear. The Holy Spirit will say it for you. Devil cannot understand your prayer language. He has no idea what you're saying. The Holy Spirit is saying it way better than what you can say it. Like when I pray in tongues, I actually have what I'm praying about in my head. And then I'm just, I just know that the Holy Spirit, as I'm speaking in tongues, I know that he's conveying it to the Lord way better than I can. In fact, there are times that I really don't even know what to say. I mean, Heather, do you know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I pray in tongues more than I, I don't even know... I hardly ever pray with English outside of to say, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I, I, I know who you are. I know who I am in you and things like that. Other than that, even when I'm thanking, I'm praying in tongues. I just think that once you have that, though, it's easier to go to that. And then you're, that's automatically where it goes to because you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. 100%. situation you have. I agree. 100%. It's like, it sounds like it's a cop-out, but it's not a cop-out. No. It's like, it's a necessary, come on in, Jer. It's necessary. 100%. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have it. At all. Yeah. A, it's my go-to. It's totally my go-to. Um, so if you don't have the, you know, I was just telling somebody this week, like, people are so nervous about getting or don't know how to do, you know, like, tongues. Like, how do I get that? Or 
Like, it's the unknown. I'm nervous about that or whatever. And I'm like, we, but so many people aren't afraid to speak, learn Spanish. They're not learned to, learn to speak German. This You're is not, way easier not afraid than that. at all to learn another language. But they're afraid to, to learn their heavenly language. That makes no Well, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that makes no sense to me because guess what? I was scared of scrap to get it to. Because you think that, like, the Holy Spirit's going to come in and take you over your tongue. It don't work like that at all. Just like no one forced you to be saved, you're not going to be forced to speak in tongues. But I will tell you, you're crazy if you don't get it. You're only hurting yourself. So if you're willing to learn, like, I'm not really willing to learn another language because I can barely speak the English language. And since I failed Spanish and the teacher asked me to leave, I'm got I'm kind of like, I have no desire to learn another language. But some people love that crap. Some people love learning, like, new things. Heather's got her nose up. She does not. Neither do I. But, like, if you are willing to learn another language, like, some people always have, like, those, what are those, uh, those things that teach you, like, you can play them in your car and they teach you how to speak another language? Duolingo. No. What is it called? Duolingo. Duolingo. I've heard of that one. When you, if you're willing to do that in your car, start praying for your, your prayer language because that's crazy if you're like, no, no to the Holy Spirit, but yes to German. You're crazy. Romans 8, 26 to 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can not be uttered, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So again, if you're filled with tongues and you pray in your prayer language, prayer language is different than tongues for the body of Christ. But everybody has a prayer. Everybody has the, um, not the gift of tongues for the body, but everybody has a prayer language. It's whether or not you'll take it. And if you do, then Romans eight twenty six through 27 will apply to you. So let this Holy Spirit pray on your behalf. He knows better than what you know. He'll present your request far better than what you will do. And the other things I would do if you deal with anxiety and stress is listen and watch lots of teachings. I have podcasts and things like that that talk about fear and anxiety. Listen to them about the imagination. Andrew Womack has a great teaching on the imagination. You need to listen to it. It's the Bible is warns against the imagination in every place but one. And even that's a little questionable because our imagination can be our worst enemy. That's why the Bible says to take captive of every thought because your imagination can be your worst enemy. Listen to, I would put on scripture in the middle of the night. You know what I do? I listen to healing scripture. My eyes, I'm praying for healing for my eyes and some other things for myself, like my neck right now. But um, I listen to healing scriptures all through the night, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. I do. And then they have some great ones out there for fear and anxiety and worry. YouTube. Go to YouTube. Uh, they have ones that are 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. I love listening to Pastor Rodney's because the South African accent I love his voice. It's very soothing. If you need a nap, it's about an hour and 15 minutes. Put that sucker on. You'll go to sleep. Best sleep you'll ever have to the sound of Pastor Rodney's voice. Um, let's see. 
Okay, I think that's about it. And how many minutes am I over? 12 Dear minutes. Dear Lordsy. Hey, Duard, come on over here. So I have, a, I have um, this is for Bia and Daniel. Daniel. They, Daniel was? Come here. Look, the package has arrived safely and is in uniform. <laughs> no, Jer, he's not flexing. He's not you. So see him? He's here. He's okay. We're taking good care of him. I mean, he's in, he's in the care of, of Jer. That's kind of frightening, but... Uh, but that's for you being in Daniel. Um, all righty. What next? Salvation. Then, hey, listen, this is one for the books for Heather. Send her your applause, your little clappy clappies. I don't think can you do that in the comments. You did good, girl. Put your face on. She didn't want to do it. You did good, girl. Super proud of you. You're welcome. Are you happy it's over? It doesn't matter. I'm good. She's an Im immovable force. <laughs> I agree. The All red, right. The Red Bull helped. Did it? I think so. I'm not yawning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting Heather to sleep. I could sleep to you or Tom. Screaming. Screaming? No, something. I don't scream. Tom screams. Right. But yeah, <laughs> I get that. Tom was on for two hours, two and a half hours last night. He was. <laughs> Lots of screaming. A sight. All right. I'm done. This goose is cooked. I'm sweating like there's no tomorrow. If you guys knew how hot it was in this room right now, and if my arms looked better, I'd take this jacket off. But right now, these arms still full of cellulite. Listen, it's just like anxiety and fear. It's a sowing of bad seed for many, many years. Well, so is my fat. I ate crap for a really long time. But as soon as, listen, as soon as uh, these arms look better, as soon as I have Michael Obama's arms, I will be we're taking this jacket off. Until then, jackets stay on. Let's pray. If you don't know Jesus, now's your time. If you walked away from Jesus, now's your time. We joke, we kid, but this is serious. Listen, life is no good if you don't know him, and you will walk around miserable with a huge void until you get it right. So let's say this prayer, then let us know you prayed it. And oh my gosh, I hate to do this, but I am squirrel. I thought that was Creighton's head, but I saw something shiny. It's Aaron's bald head over there. Oh, my gosh. You're sweating or something, but your hair, head is very shiny right now. Okay. Back to praying for salvation. Super sorry. Say this prayer with me if you don't know him or you need to get your life right. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be Lord and Savior. I thank you that I will die and live with you forever in heaven. I praise you. I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Easy peasy. That one's short and sweet. Sorry, but I am now like 20 minutes over. So, hey, listen, short. Jesus said like the shortest prayers ever. And people, demons were cast out. People were healed. So, listen, it can be a short prayer and you still get saved.
right? Thank you for joining in. I will see you on Friday. And that is it. Bye. Real talk.